Mark of Athena, chapter 29, Percy. Percy was not feeling the love. Bad enough he'd been run out of Atlanta by evil Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. Ithiosaurus is something I can say, but I, I saw it was so big when I came across it that, like, I panicked. All good. Like, I was like, I know how to pronounce it, but my brain could not process the letters fast enough to read them out <laughs> Fair. Aka, name, how are we this week? <laughs> what is my name? Yeah, mine too. Um, I'm okay. Um, I got home from where I was. I, okay. Britt and I are no longer in the same place, unfortunately, because um, I am now home. I like that you, you, like, we, they know we were at school. We, like, oh, we, okay. We I didn't know, know that. We we've been, we've made a point to like not say where we go to school, but we say school often. Yeah. It's just like it, you just made it sound so much more mysterious <laughs> than it was. That like no, I yeah, we're at school over the summer. Yeah, um, and I'm no longer there. Um, I'm at home, and I'm going to a family member kind of's wedding. Like my my god sister, like my god parents daughter um going to her wedding over the weekend it's gonna be the first wedding i've ever been to which is crazy um and then i start work the following friday um which is exciting um yeah i don't know today's been pretty chill just like packing and such and i tried to go to this new milkshake place in my town but the line was all the way down the sidewalk. <laughs> so that's going to have to be another day. <laughs> Keeping all right. I'm I'm pretty sleepy, not going to lie. Like, and that's kind of sad. <laughs> Just because I don't like, like, it's too early for me. Like, I think I'm going to fall asleep at like a human time tonight. Not, not excited for that experience. Um, but otherwise doing good. I had a couple days, like, um, I have Sunday, yesterday, today, and tomorrow off of work. So that's been nice. Cause it kind of feels like all I've been doing since coming home is just like working. So nice to get a couple days break. Um, how are you, Brayden? I'm good. I've, I've just also been working and that's really it. <clears throat> I am now that Ava is gone. I am virtually this week. We have another friend who's on campus on and off this week. She is off. So I like, it's just really just me out here fighting for my life. Um, I just like, I don't have anything that I'm like watching or like invested in super either. Like I have not like, I don't have something that's like compelling to do in my free time. I've not besides I'm still, but I've been like reading X-Men comics and I've been listening to this X-Men podcast, but like there's only so much of my day I can spend doing that. And those are like, 
reading is also I can I can read for about like two hours a day at most. Like reading is not a uh, a like huge time taker upper activity because like I my attention does not reading is a one thing at a time activity. And so it's hard for me to sustain that for a long time. Um, I've been playing Jedi Fallen Order again, over again. Um, as something to do while I'm listening to X-Men podcast. Like I'm just bored. I'm like bored out of my mind. I hate the summer. That's very fair. That is, yeah, no, that I is. I gave the tour to a new employee today who's working in the career center. Um, oh, okay. And her focus is is um, theater and dance. So, wow. Hey, I was like Slay. I had a nice time with her today. Exciting. Anyways, <laughs> back to return to Camp Half Blood. Uh, this week we are discussing uh, Heroes of Olympus: The Mark of Athena, chapters twenty nine through thirty two, through the theme of ability. Um, they're, they're Percy chapters, and boy are and boy are they Percy chapters. <laughs> boy are they. I'm actually really. I'm very excited to get into it. Me too. There's a lot. There's a lot that happens in these four chapters, and they're not long chapters either. No, like, it's it's a lot. So oh, good luck, Ava. <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> Are I'm you like hiding? Like, like the listeners can't see, but I'm like wrapped in a fuzzy blanket, and I'm trying to like hibernate in it, so I don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to. Okay. <laughs> and five, four, three, two, go. Okay, so um, Percy has a dream. And it's Gaia, and she's like, Harry Potter, the boy who lived, come to die, about a cadavra, you know? And um, then, basically, he wakes up, and he's like, oi. Um, and he talks to Annabeth, and Annabeth's being a little weird, just because she's, like, very focused, whatever. And then they run into someone, and he's, like, dangerous. And um, they're like, oh, my God, it's Crusader, um, who's... And they figure out it's like, oh my god, this is the son of Medusa um, that she had when like she got like she, her her head chopped off, and then Pegasus and he like hopped out of her body, um, and he and his dolphin army um, got scared away by Percy and friends, um, and then they got to Rome. <sighs> uh, that's you got through two chapters. Yeah, solid half. Kind of. I did. <laughs> It, it, it was a it was a challenging task. It I was no, and was, they were also two very distinctly different. Like, sex, like the first two chapters are like so different thematically and event wise than the second two. Yeah. So even the first, like I would even say the first, like there's three parts. Like the first chapter is completely just about the the on its own, and then we have. Chrysler, and then we have Rome. Yeah, yeah. It, they'd be doing so much. Um, what songs for this so much? I have funny. <laughs> I hear it, babe. I t- <laughs> it's just a Roman holiday. Why Nicki Minaj? 
because they were like, oh my God, is that Audrey Hepburn from Roman Holiday? And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's hilarious. And the only thing playing in my head was the beginning of that song. (laughs) No, that's Roman's Revenge, right? In which Eminem says the F slur. I that, that is my line is, is the is, right. I am what? Roman Holiday is the one where she where yes, I get them mixed up. Roman Holiday is the one where she's British. Yeah. Roman's Revenge is the one where Eminem says the F slur. Oh well, I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> All you little blank can suck it. I'm oh, a stick no. it to them like refrigerator magnets. Why do you know it like yeah. offhand? I actually, I, because I, I, I love that song. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I forgot. It's all you little blank can suck it. No homo, but I must stick it to him like refrigerator magnets. Wow! So on this day, we found out that Brandon's actually homophobe. Yeah. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Oh. I dropped an ear. There's only, there are a couple different versions of Roman's Revenge on Spotify, and there's only one version with Eminem for this reason, I, I'm, I, I think. Because <laughs> the other ones have Lil Wayne. Like on the re-releases, of, like the deluxe versions of the album. I know a little too much about, about that song. <laughs> Anyways, what? You just pronounced it deluxe. Deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> So know, that was funny. <laughs> okay, well, I have a song. Um, it's not funny. It's actually like the polar opposite of funny. And it's I Know the End by Phoebe Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a very good song for this whole book. Um, yeah. But this just specifically like Annabeth having to like, like leave, like the end of this, cha- this chapter of like Percy having to watch Annabeth leave. Felt like it'd be very well underscored with I Know the End. They're also one of the only Phoebe Bridger songs that I like really, truly, really like. Don't come for me. I just I it's like her some of her music is just a little during little Pride much. During and this Pride one is like I can listen to this casually. During Pride Month, Neve. No, because I can't listen to Phoebe Bridgers either. Like okay. some of them are just so sad that like I can't. Listen no, to in my daily life and it's not saying that i know the end isn't sad it's also horrendously sad but i could like i could i could turn that on on a drive and not be like sobbing you know that's fair, that's fair. thank you i i also kind of went with a little bit of a funny funny but also like epic um because i was thinking a lot about the um the the boat battle is so good it, it is, is it is my favorite like set piece of of this book until we get to like the cl- the climax of this book is very good but like out of the little like places we visit before the climax I like it a lot um and so I almost picked the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song how did I know? How did I know? Well, this is funny but also intense it's the first thing that popped into my head I was about to make a joke Oh, um, but no, I picked something very similar. I picked I'm shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I don't know it. Yes, you do. 
Wait, okay. I'm, I'll, 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 I'll I like pause, can't even look. I can't. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it out of the recording so I can play it for you, and then you then we'll. I'll cut back to your reaction. Yeah. So. Know that that's what it was called. <laughs> no. I was like, how do you of all people, Ava, not know this song? No, it's like very me. Yeah. No, I know it well. I just didn't know the, the title. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, I just just like picture them sword fighting to to that song i think that's incredible the way that this week's picks are is going to just completely fundamentally change the listen experience of this playlist if you were to listen to it like not no like no shuffle right to go from <laughs> roman holiday <laughs> right at the end that is it, it a actually, wild ride the the playlist is weirdly consistent in that, like, it's wild. This playlist is kind of wild because most of it is, like, most of it is indie music that, it, like, makes sense. But it's also, like, I'm just going to let us react to what we have so far because <laughs> we, never, we don't really do this ever. But I think no. we need to acknowledge what this playlist has turned out to be. Um, oh, shit, are we in love by The Valley? Um, The Shade by Rex Orange County. Phoenix by Big Red Machine, Fleet Foxes, and Nias Mitchell. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, we've established a vibe. Respectful. Hot in here, Nelly. Please. (laughs) Cruel World, Anna Sophia. Good as Hell by Lizzo. Yes. Immigrant Song. Oh my God. Ignorance by Paramore. Even it up by heart. Yeah. The foundations of decay, my chemical romance. That was like my fault, but like I just needed to put it. This love Taylor's version. Yes. No plan by Hosier. Venus by Lady Gaga. Nine ninety one bleachers. Teenagers by My Chemical Romance. Art of survival. I like how much My Chemical Romance is being represented in this so far. Two ghosts. I like the idea of you, Tessa Violet. Sunlight Hosier. Nothing new. Taylor Swift, Phoebe Bridgers. Celebrity status, Mariana's Trench. And then I'm shipping up to Boston and Roman Holiday. (laughs) (laughs) So good. As no, it is. It's not. It's not a roller coaster. It's like a flat coaster with occasional like insane loops and then it goes back to flat because there is like a lot of indie stuff on there. Yeah. But but then the like the departures are so strong. So yeah, they're stark for sure. Like you're walking but they, but down... they make sense with each other. Yeah. Oh, they do. It's like you're walking down the street and like every like 30 minutes you get punched in the face by the same person. <laughs> the silliest shit I've ever (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic Um, it's definitely not our most unhinged playlist we've ever had because I think that's let me look over them some of Neptune playlist was like actually like highly curated yeah I feel like Lost Hero was unhinged because we just didn't care about that book true 
Oh, Lost Lost Hero is like honestly mostly hinged besides the two appearances of waking up in Vegas. Both of them. That's so good. <laughs> and then I actually remember sitting on your couch and being like, put it on again. Put it on again. Because <laughs> I just wanted to think waking up that badly. And then it's like the last Olympian is almost only Taylor Swift. Yup. I guess these are turning out to be more hinged than that. Um, no. I think Battle of the Labyrinth is just inconsistent as fuck. I feel like I vividly remember that one being crazy. It's just like we have like um my this is just the highlights. Hajanga by Jacob Collier, I know places, the ghost of you, the chain, rain on me. Let Her Go by Passenger, Spark Fly, Wings by Little Mix, Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder, (laughs) Brick by Boring Brick by Paramore, and it ends with Change by Taylor's version. (laughs) Change Taylor's version was definitely me, but um, who picked Let Her Go by Passenger? Absolutely, Ava. I don't think, I think it was you, Brayden, I do. No, that is 100% a you pick. Ava, it, was, it must have I don't have even listen you. to it. I mean, it's fun. like good song. It is just such a you pick. Oh, fine. Okay, well, maybe we'll just have to go back and listen. <laughs> I, I forgot that we used to only do one person. I was like, because I was like, why are these old playlists so much shorter? Oh, yeah. Like, Titan, Titan's Curse is mostly rock music. Like, sometimes we're very consistent. Sometimes we're not. It, yeah. It's mostly rock music, but it starts off with "Beautiful Soul" by Jessica. Um, McCartney. is that not a rock song to you? I don't want another pretty face. <laughs> I don't just. Oh, and that was the first one we did. So, this is perhaps the second most unhinged playlist, mm. but in a different way. Yeah. To be fair, I think this one is slightly more unhinged than the other, just because the other was predictable in terms of our individual tastes. This one is just insane. <laughs> yeah insane but a vibe oh yeah i love it I'm very reflective of the patterns of this book like i That's do think fair, i would describe yeah. this book as you're walking down the street and then once in a while I get punched in the face by the same person <laughs> <laughs> uh and speaking of what are our favorite moments of this chapter i'm so giggling that's funny mm-hmm. I love when Frank <laughs> when Percy was like, "Oh my god!" Like Frank's turning into a dolphin, and Frank's like, "What?" And he's like, "Frank's turning into a dolphin," and then he starts like turning into a dolphin, being like, "I am turning into a dolphin." <laughs> so funny. I like remember like reading it, and it's saying like, "It was as if Frank was reading off a teleprompter." <laughs> so good. I loved it. I thought that whole bit was so funny because, like, they were just trying so hard and they, like, barely got it. You know what I mean? Like, they they slipped under the radar and they were just so messy. But, like, I loved it. It was so funny. No, I'm a big fan of that whole scene. Yeah. Very funny. And I also love the Roman holiday little thing. It's just, like, just, like, their little date in in Rome is very cute. It is. We are watching Roman Holiday. That is our movie for this. Um, yes! 
fuck? So I this is so unrelated, and it's not even a like favorite moment of the chapter. But why they burn the boat? Mister D does not deserve that much. Like no, they should they, have taken some of the shit back. They, they, I know they didn't burn it. It didn't like they it, need but, him. He doesn't deserve it, but they need it. They need his help. And remember, he said, you got to give me a big tribute. And they were like, oh, here's a big tribute. They couldn't at least have taken. I remember when I read that as a kid first, I was like, they couldn't have at least taken like a little bit. (laughs) Like, all six million. Like, could they? (laughs) It's about the restraints, Neve. Okay. I'm selfish. So I was like. So so what Neva's established is if she was one of the seven, they would not make it out of this book. No, I think I would have taken a little. I guess, or Ava too. uh, Well, I mean, what if there's like a nice pin? What? Pin it to my little shirt, you know? There's a nice pin? Is that not abundantly clear, Brayden? What if there's a nice pin? (laughs) <laughs> I'll pin it to my shirt. No, I don't wear those. Um, I'm speaking. I was just gonna say, Ava. When have I ever seen you wear a pin? Like, on oh, top I'm not eighty. Pin. I don't. I don't. <laughs> In theory, if there's like a little diadem, that's that's also not a pin of Ravenclaw. I'm sorry. I okay. I've been reading the Deathly Hallows recently, and it's just all in here. That's a crown. I know. I'm saying for variety. <laughs> pin, the oh. pin era has passed. <laughs> oh, we moved on from the pin. <laughs> Keep up. You're too, you're too slow. Disney adults do really be like, I'll just take this pin though. Disney oh, adults. Uh, I don't true. know. I, you said pin and my thought went to like the Disney pins. Yeah. Yeah. Disney adults love Disney pins. And why? What do you do with a pin? You like, real talk for a second. Why do, so, as a society, too many pins? I agree with you. Oh, well. I think that they could be better used as A, <laughs> necklaces, B, earrings, C, bolo ties, heavy earrings. Brayden, do you still have your five sig mom pin? I do. But oh. are we gonna move on from the fact that she said bolo ties without recognizing it? Um are you really shocked that Ava said that? A little bit. It was just such an out there like thing to recall. The only time I can, I only thing I associate with a bolo tie is Wizards of Waverly Place, because Mr. Larry Tate loved bolo ties. He did. I remember that. I mean, those formative. That and also Parks and Rec. Um, they would talk about those sometimes. And I've seen that series more than I've seen, like, you people. No, like, I don't know. I love Yeah, that. that's impossible. <laughs> we are on campus. There is nary a moment. <laughs> Not <laughs> you. Not you doxing us. Just cut it out. Brayden, actually remember to cut it out. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. Uh, our theme this week is ability. So where do we see the theme of ability in these chapters? I am aware I said chapters weird. We can move on. Did you? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Wasn't thinking that, but... Just being (laughs) self-conscious. Now I'm going to say... Now I think that you said chapters weird, even though I didn't notice it. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Speaking of being self-conscious, Percy kind of starts these chapters as a little bitch. But then he's feeling bad for him because he starts like, no one paying attention. He's like, okay. But then he actually starts, you start to feel bad because he is doubting his own abilities. And, you know, I I thought it was an interesting way to bring his fatal flaw into it of like his ability to protect his friends and how that ends up being a detriment to him. He did a lot of like self reflection Mm. because it does, it does start off with that like, Nobody likes me. Nobody picked me. Pick me. Choose, Choose me. me. Love me. Love me. Um, it starts off like that, but it, it does veer away very quickly, which is, it shows his character growth really well, I think. I think this these whole chapters were some great, just Percy, because we saw a lot of his growth and development, and we had a lot of references to, like, the original book's and his yeah. his journey there, um, but like this was that was his thing in Titan's Curse too, was like it's not about me, not everything's about me, and I can't stand it. Uh, <laughs> but then he like steps back and he's like, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe maybe that the fact that I'm thinking that is the problem. And you're like, wow, you are growing up, huh? Like you are a lot more self reflective now. And I like that he's like, this is because I've spent too much time with Annabeth. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting how these chapters start off with this question. And then he has to basically prove himself very quickly after that in like a couple different ways. Um, like the first obvious is like, he has to do sword battle. And he's like, I guess I'm not as good at sword battle as I thought I was at sword battle. Yeah. Um, which was fun because also like because he's been getting away with his his Poseidon-y powers and then he can't use them and so it's nice to see him fight an equal after like being OP for the past book and a half <laughs> yes no I, I totally agree with that OP 
and he has to use his wits. Um, and apparently his wits involved Luke Castallion giving him advice in his brain, which I was like, Rick, why the hell would you throw that in? Like, it's, it's very good. But I was reading it, I was like, oh. It made me emotional. I'm not going to lie. I went, It was oh. so sad. Oh, my God. He was like, I thought back to Luke, my first year. I was like, yes, you did. Also, it's not that there was anyone reading these books that didn't read the originals, but I was like, if some kid just started reading Heroes of Olympus, like, it was just so crazy to just casually throw in there. Did anyone just, listener question, (laughs) and then y'all read Heroes of Olympus first? I, I feel or like even just possible. like I know but, people who read like the first Heroes of Olympus book and then learned there was a Percy Jackson series that came before it and then read those and then read some like you know yeah. oh interesting because Heroes of Olympus was definitely marketed as like its own series yeah and like because the first book like you don't have Doesn't to have, even have Percy in it yeah yeah you really don't have to. you honestly really could get by reading these books without knowing the context because Rick that Rick did write them to be understood by a new audience and explains literally everything. It's a, it is, he, it's a very young adult fiction thing where it's like, we explain everything four times. Um, so everyone yeah. knows it. And that's kind of annoying reading it now when you have those moments. Um, like, like the Arachne thing. Yeah. I've never seen oh. something foreshadowed stronger. It's like this. It's actually not even foreshadowing. It's like we know. Stop no, pretending you don't when, know who he is. When Percy was ha- watching that, watching that dream, having that dream, <laughs> and it like she kept getting referred to as like your ladyship or something. I was like, girls, just say her name. Like it's not. There's no <laughs> use in this anymore. Especially because I didn't realize that these chapters foreshadow the ending of the book really well apart from the arachne stuff like the actual ending of the book that we won't talk about because ava doesn't know how the book ends um but they're like gia directly tells us how this book is going to end Mm -hmm. and it it is actually some fantastic foreshadowing which proves rick can do it (laughs) and it's an active stylistic choice um, and I actually, that means I can't actually get mad at it because it is a mid-grade yeah. and, and young adult series. Slay. I'm out of thoughts. Actually, no. I, th- I feel like I had something else I had to say. <laughs> You're going to have to edit a lot of my words in this, Brayden. <laughs> you look miserable. It's literally just cutting out. You don't just cut out those parts. Cut out the one word, you know? Yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. Um I lost my, my train of thought. Ava, you look like you have something to say. Yeah, are we still talking about ability? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> something that I thought was really interesting was the mention of the CPOs, like the, the Roman military family. Um, and it was so, it went there. Okay. Their impression on Rome and on history in general completely parallels um, the themes that this book is based on, which I thought was really interesting because essentially like they were this great 
Roman military family. And like they only achieved kind of their status by being both like exceedingly good at what they did um, to the point where like people could not compete with them and also a family. Um, And I don't know. I, I think that that's very interesting culturally because like we're reading about people who are the best allegedly at what they do. And that's why they get sent on these quests and like how they become one another's family to support that. Like not the quest, not the quest in total. Cause that can be a prophecy, but um, like support that journey and like bolster it and actually, you know, ensure that it is a logical thing to embark on. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. It was almost like a look outside themselves at what, at how they appeared it was like this grand, um, group of people who were renowned for being like excellent at the things they did. And that's why they were known. Um, and who also found the privilege of being good at what they did through a familial structure. Um, yeah, I just thought it was cool. And also, like, I love a good Roman history moment so much. I think Rome is so interesting. Um, so, yeah, I had a little moment. <laughs> I, I like the point that you bring up because it also brings up a question that is, like, are are they actually, is this group the, actually the best of the best? And the answer is no, they're not. No, yeah. Like, at all. Like, they're, like, there are they're all flops no but there are people who are like on page like more qualified to do these things like it's especially is is percy are percy and jason maybe the most powerful demigods powers wise probably frankly fine fair enough is annabeth probably one of the smartest yeah but then everyone else after those three it's like the whole thing with the seven is like they all have a the rest of them are so specific like they're not necessarily the best of the best they're all just very specifically talented yeah no and that reflects on the family too because i mean i don't think all the cpos were like supreme gods of like war or whatever no pun intended but like i think that they were able to skate by on that status because of their like relation to people who were um which is very interesting and also the idea that like these are the people that are known as the most powerful but what about the people that simply did not have a chance to be like have their achievements recorded you know like it's 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 very similar it's because it, it really is like the seven is like the best that the demigod world has to offer as the seven but right. Percy isn't the best. Like Hazel isn't the best. Like Leo isn't. It's it's all like it it is like out of that that being that found family that makes gives them a a that ability. You want to explain? Just not over a chair. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it's 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 that combination of all them together that makes them really succeed. Um, and I think. That's beautiful. Yeah, but also it does mean that Rick could have put anyone in the seven. And I do think we missed out on Reyna and Nico. We did. We could have been the nine. 
<laughs> I don't know how much larger this ensemble cast could get because the more we talk about this, I think about how like there really are certain. No, it is too. Who are really backseated in this? Like Hazel. Like when have we last heard from our girl? Like, oh, yeah. I, like so long ago. And even if it wasn't, like it just feels like a long ago, so long ago because these books are so long. But like, it is interesting how like like talking about this, like how Rig like displays that in that Frank was like so unnatural in like what we were talking about earlier, like teleprompter talking. Like, he had the ability to scare all of those, um, to, like, he, like, he had the ability to scare all of the entire army off by himself, but he needed, like, Percy and Annabeth, I'm not giving Percy all that credit, <laughs> Percy and Annabeth to help with, like, the, the execution of that plan. Yeah. Um, also, I just think it's insane that he can turn into a swarm of bees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one is, like, I feel like he can only turn into one bee. Yeah. Great. Because I agree. Funnier because like the book says that like they had multiple bee stings. <laughs> well, because now I'm thinking, I'm like, is there a power quota that each like each form has to meet? Like, can he only turn into like a half of a whale shark then? Like, I don't like make it make sense. What? Yeah. Okay. You make that last statement make sense. What were you Wait, saying? let's wheel it back. What do you mean? Because I the thing with the swarm of bees. I was swarm of bees is multiple multiple organisms. Right. So then why can he transform also into like like one of other things? Like the is there is, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I don't think he can transform into a swarm of bees. And Rick never says he does. Oh, no, but I hope he, he transformed does. into one bee and just <laughs> no, well, no, I agree because I was thinking my logic here was if someone can transform into a swarm of bees and not a swarm of anything else, is there a, a special like omnipotent preference for bees or B, which is unlikely, but B, um, is there like a power quota that has to be filled? Like a swarm of bees can do a lot maybe more than just one wasp, right? Maybe like it's bee- like a voltage thing, yeah. Like it- that's what I'm thinking. And so if you take a really big animal <laughs> and the big animal goes over the quota, you can only transform into like half of it. <laughs> Therefore, maybe it's a minimum. I don't know. I am actually but, okay, so glad it you said that. that turn that into a dragon in the world. Like there's a, there's a maximum. <laughs> if he I, tried but, to transform into like a like a dinosaur or something, he'd like only get like a third of the way there. Like it. Can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do think I do think in this way uh, he is he is an omega level mutant. In that, like, there is no there is no upper maximum to his power. Like it is, it is an undefinable maximum. Yeah. I guess, or I guess, is it definable? I don't know because we don't know if he can. In order to answer that question, we need to know if Rick write in, please. Can he? Did he change into one B or all? Oh, 
We're going to need this answer ASAP. Like, I know you're working on the TV show, but if you could just take a minute. We're like, is it like he becomes a queen bee and all the rest of the bees follow him? Okay, but where would he have gotten bees out on the Mediterranean? <laughs> like, would they have, like, queen. zoomed? To, like, there's just no... <laughs> they know. <laughs> and the, <laughs> so they just have to keep some extra bees for him to command. Right, 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 right. No, because he's he can't do the stinging is the thing. He can't do the stinging because once a bee stings, it's dead. So maybe he transformed into a one wasp. Okay. <laughs> a or yellow a bee and they were bites. They can bite you? Yes. They don't sting. They bite. I didn't know that they... Wait, what kind of bee bites? Maybe it's not bumblebees. One of them bite and don't sting. I don't remember... Oh. I think it's bumblebees. No, you're right. They don't sting. don't sting. No, I know. I just didn't know that they bit. Ugh. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's so sinister. More sinister than stinging? Yes. uh, Anything with a mouth can bite you. Uh, Can we tell the podcast that Brayden bit someone in (laughs) four I was going to say it. I just think you need to tell the story because why you bit them makes a lot of sense. See, and this is, okay, things with mouths have the ability (laughs) to to chomp, right? That's where we take it back to the theme. Okay. I am, I really need to know how this be working. Which, no, one of them might. I am on. Oh, you're Googling what kind of bee bites. Yeah. And I'll tell the story for you. When Brayden was a kid, a girl was bullying him. And actually, no. What was she bullying you? Yes. Yeah, right? That's probably better for the story. <laughs> no, it was actually happening. And she apparently like held out her arm and was like harassing him, like, bite me, bite me. So guess what Brayden did? <laughs> Bit her. <laughs> sure definitely I and got bit in 6th grade friends, you got bit? I got bit in 6th grade that's real old that's I know. real old for someone to be biting wait was it a 6th grader who bit you? yes we're friends but I was like well no well okay I just they had like made a mission to like bite a lot of people and I was like you're not gonna get me I was one of the last ones. The final girl. You held out for so long. I did. I have to say, I have never been bit. Like, I really like how this conversation has been able to expand while Brayden is sidetracked doing something. Okay. No male bees have a stinger. Girl boss. Yeah, I was about to say girl power. Um, Honey bees actually do both they will bite and sting slay Uh, they can honeybees are the ones that can only sting once though yeah but they're allegedly very friendly that's what what this little carpenter bees that bite because they be chomping their homes um this is what what it says about carpenter bees Acts like hot shit, but can't actually hurt you. 
has no concept of what glass this I guess this is just reading it <laughs> has no concept of what glass is lives in your fence flies aggressively and scare you away it does live in our fence it lives in my fence it probably does does bite a little bit I actually do bite a little <laughs> also yeah oh my god so a little bit of bee just like jumping, what Bumblebees will let you pet it. <gasps> oh, I did know that. I Don't have a friend who's doing a research project. They are so adorable. I love There's bees. I like bees. Only those. The it's the wasps and the yellow jackets that like are real bitches. Mm. Yeah. I, I've gotten stung by yellow jackets on my hand like multiple times so now what bees did frank turn into or b possibly i so it depends what he was going for if it's one bee definitely not a a honey bee because then it will die that's what i'm thinking but also okay this is such an important question happy nothing about this conversation is important but keep going if he changes, does he also have to change gender of B to be able to sting? Yes. Oh my god. So Frank. I think all genders of yellow jackets have got those fucking stingers. Maybe 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 wasps do, but bees only the only the female bees can sting. We have opened up, you just opened up a crazy conversation. Like, what is the limits of Frank's shape-shifting? Is it only animals? Because if he can change into any animal, a human is an animal. Oh. My God. That's crazy. I love it. Has he just been not accessing? Like, in theory, he could do more than he's been doing. Or is his is his power shape shifting, or is it specifically change into animal? Because then, you know what? I'm gonna rule out carpenter bees. You know why? <laughs> why Life Ava? source log. What? They're gonna eat the log. It can't be a carpenter bee. Hazel has the log. Yeah, but like they'll find it. He's still in control of the bee. Okay, but if he can transform into a swarm, or if multiple, if or if they find him, I think it's a safer bet just not to be a carpenter bee. Just in general. Okay. Yeah, I think he probably could. Because I'm on the wiki right now. I'm also on the wiki right now. (laughs) The powers of shape-shifting, Frank has the ability to change or shape-shift into any animal, being it can be something made up or out of the ordinary, as it has to be a mythical or as it has to be a mythical or real creature. After receiving the blessing of Mars, Frank's shape-shifting powers become more fluid and less tiring, being able to turn into an eagle, dragon, crow, snake, rhinoceros, and other animals. See how B is not mentioned. But because because I'm sure the wiki is also confused about if he was a swarm of bees or one bee. Um yeah. Yeah. 
So how many bees they? Great question. Oh, the internet is is so heated about this as well. I just pulled the question. There are a lot of there are a lot of little uh, book forums that ask this question. If he was multiple B? Yes. Oh. Rick Riordan, we need confirmation now. How many, How many bees, bees, Frank? How many bees, Frank? What if, hear me out, he's just a swarm of bees inside of Frank costume all the time? That's terrifying. I know. <laughs> That is like the worst. Um, also, thing the hero's wiki, the hero's wiki really read Frank here with like underneath like his powers. It says abilities, and there's like a little paragraph for leadership, a little paragraph for fighting skills, and then it says tactical skills, and it's fucking blank. That's so mean. That is funny. The glitch, or if it's just like that's brutal. It is brutal. Um, other abilities. <laughs> Uh, Percy has to rely on his ability to um, bullshit. Yeah. And if there's one thing Percy can do. And it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I do think it's really sad. Like it's the, the the page where they like arrive in Rome is so melancholic. And it's like, everyone's like, I've always wanted to see Rome. And it's so sad because just imagine like, like being able to do something you really wanted to do your whole life. And it's under these conditions. Yeah. And like Percy has to send his girlfriend off to die. And they he have was like a cute little, boyfriend. They have like a cute little afternoon. And then. And then. And then. You really saw Percy's abilities to be a good boyfriend because Percy was what a fantastic boyfriend in these chapters. Yeah. He was. So sweet. When he's like, could I. When he's like, my mom always, always, um, taught me to to walk a, a girl to the door and he's like so I'm gonna walk her to the beginning of her death quest because it's ah. he's like can oh. I stay with her so sweet and th- this doesn't relate to anything else but this is the first time we saw Gia like they see her like physicalized yeah terrifying yeah and and she opened her eyes and they were green and brown and like swirling as like freaky eyes are freaky so true though you two are profound freaky eyes freaky (laughs) Mm. I, i actually thought that her description was kind of like hauntingly normal yeah, like, like that's really what's kind of scary. A woman. Yeah, and like the 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 visualization of the ruined camp, I was like, 
we are really establishing stakes here, huh? Mm. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? All right. Sass moments? Oh my God, I have it. I copy and pasted it into my notes. <laughs> okay. Jason insisted he was well enough to take sentry duty, along with Coach Hedge, who was still so charged with adrenaline that every time the ship hit turbulence, he swung his bat and yelled, Die! <laughs> Coach Hedge is really just like punching bag in this book. He has no purpose but to be funny. He is hilarious. And slay. And slay. My moment is also Coach Hedge related. Um, <clears throat> it knew the Earth Goddess intended on raising all humans, civilization, and this city, which stood for thousands of years, was saying back to her, you want to dissolve the city, dirt-faced? Give it a shot. In other words, it was the Coach Hedge of Mortal Cities, only taller. <laughs> I loved that one. It's so funny. It's very good. Um, <laughs> mine is... Medusa is your mom, he asked. Dude, that sucks for you. Yeah. That was like, like not even clever. I was just like, that, like, I literally was like, that's a pinch and an ouch. Like he was not, <laughs> he was just, he just couldn't keep that in, I guess. Yeah. It's so uh, funny. Offering. It's Annabeth. I'm picking Annabeth. Fair. Thank you. She really wasn't like even like really in it until the back half, and I don't care. Nah, but she yeah, she about to go through, go through so much. It was just so sad, and like, oh, I feel like this set of chapters, like before she actually has to go through anything, was I guess an okay time to talk about how this is affecting Percy but I was still like this is all on Annabeth babe and I know that you're like not saying that Percy can't be sad but I was like Annabeth is still going through the most yeah she really is and considering that my offering is for Percy (laughs) okay I second Annabeth he deserves it he's not exactly like he definitely is also going through a rough time. Yeah, I thought he was being supportive, all things considered, and I think it was showed a lot of growth that like old Percy would have like fought his way to go with her. Oh yeah, and I think it shows a lot that he wants to, but knows he can't, and so we'll just support her the whole way. He was like knows his place, but is still being supportive. I think he just found that balance well. Also, plan was very smart. Gotta give it to Very him. smart. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Votes off. I'm going to give it to Rick. Give us clarity. <laughs> just on yes. the beep thing. That's it. These chapters were wonderful. I just, I just would like clarity on the bee thing. So I don't know. No one really did particularly like. Shitty. No. Yeah. 
I'm going to vote off male bees. You can't even okay. sting. What are you for? Fair. Um, I'm going to vote off Jason because I remember that at one point he was like, he made some snippy comment when per- he was like, Percy, you should go to sleep. And he was like, no, I don't want to. And he was like, well, let someone else save the ship for once. Shut up, Jason. Yeah, like, I don't up. know why you needed to say that. That was unnecessary. So. I, I thought it was just a little bit of banter, but if you need it, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like any anything that Jason ever says to Percy, I feel like in my mind is passive aggressive. It, it always like depends yeah. like, you have to make a choice how you're going to read it. Yeah, true. So, choices. Choices. Alrighty, folks. That is all for this week. Uh, join us next week where we will be discussing... We will be discussing chapters 33 through 36 through the theme of rest. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have coffee account and a pay the Red Bubble Store, and a website, www.turntocamp.com. I almost said Patreon. We do not have that anymore. <laughs> but it really almost came out of my mouth. I haven't had that in years. I know. I don't know why I really wanted to say that. That's funny. Good night. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>